0: This morning, when I begin in the Book of Genesis, chapter eighteen. A couple of weeks ago, uh, in the meeting, Jose mentioned something that I'd like to talk more about today, about relationship with the Lord. About a lot of people know a lot of things, some people know a lot of things about the Lord, but do they know Him? And Hosea's words were to be able to focus on our relationship with God. And so here in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 17, it says, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him, in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord, to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. God knows everybody, but you can see that what the Lord was talking about here was a relationship that God and Abraham had a relationship. Later on in this chapter, or through this whole chapter we just read, and before that, you see that the Lord appeared to Abraham and two angels with him. And they discussed things, and they had a meal together. And this is what we know as fellowship. Abraham had fellowship with God. God knew him, and he knew God. He spoke with him face to face, in the form that he appeared to him. And that's a relationship. We talked about it last week, in the story of Mary and Martha. Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet as Jesus was speaking. Jesus was speaking, Mary was listening. And she heard the words that the Lord was speaking. But Martha was too wrapped up in the affairs of this life. Too busy even doing good things, preparing to serve and serving, being hospitable. But Jesus said, one thing is needful. Mary's doing that. She's sitting here and she's listening to me as I'm talking. The one thing that's needful for us as Christians, above everything else, is to have a relationship with the Lord. And having a relationship with someone is more than knowing about someone. We know a lot about people in history. We know about Abraham Lincoln. We read facts in the history books about Abraham Lincoln and about George Washington and about, you know, all these different people in history. We know about people in the Bible. We read about stories of David and and, and Noah and Moses. We don't know them. We know about them. But the question is, where we have to examine ourselves today, do we know about the Lord? Or do we actually know Him? And are we communicating with Him, having a fellowship with Him? One of the apostles said, our fellowship is in the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So in Genesis, I'm sorry, in Exodus chapter 19, the next book, Exodus 19, Verse 16, And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were light thunders, lightnings, and a thick cloud on the mountain. And the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke, because the fire descended upon it in fire. The Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain, and the Lord called to Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people lest they break through to gaze at the Lord, and many of them perish. We go to the next chapter, 20 and verse 18. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood far off. And they said to Moses, You speak with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid, for God has come to test you, that his fear may be before you, so you may not sin. So the people stood far off, but Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. And you see a difference between Moses and the people. And Moses talked with God and says face to face. But the people when they were approached by God's holiness and his glory and his power and his majesty and all that took place they were afraid of him they knew things about God but they had no relationship with God and later on in the book of Psalms it says these people referring to the children of Israel it says they have not known me and they do not know my ways So when we go to uh, chapter 20, I'm sorry, in chapter uh, 34 of Exodus, in verse 5, the Lord Comes down from Mount Sinai again. In verse 5 it says, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, God, merciful and gracious, long suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy and for thousands of forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but by no means clearing the guilty, and so forth. God was telling them and telling us things about Himself. That He is God, He's merciful, He's full of grace. He's patient, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth. Forgiving sin. And here God is telling things us things about Himself. And we learn things about Him. But that's not the same as knowing Him. Say, so, well, what's the difference between knowing about Him and knowing Him? <coughs> In First Samuel Chapter Two. This is about the boy Samuel, and it says in verse eleven. Now, then, Akana—that's Samuel's dad—went to his house at Ramah. But the child ministered to the Lord Eli before Eli the priest. Lord minister means to serve. He was serving the Lord at Shiloh. This boy Samuel, and it says now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. The sons of Eli, Eli was the high priest of of Israel. And his sons were priests who served under their father, Eli. But they didn't know the Lord. So we see here that you have ministers of the Lord who don't know the Lord. Even though they were doing the work of the ministry. And then, we go to chapter 3. and verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And so one night... Samuel was sleeping and in verse 6 he's so the Lord keeps calling out to Samuel and verse 6 says and the Lord called yet again Samuel so Samuel rose and went to Eli and said here I am for you did not call for you called me and Eli answered I did not call my son lie down again now Samuel did not yet know the Lord nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him so here was this young This boy, who is serving the Lord and ministering to the Lord, and yet he did not yet know the Lord. And so the Lord speaks to him and tells him something. And then in verse 19 it says, So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from the end of Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. And then, the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed Himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the Lord of the Lord. So it happens that Samuel, as he grew up, everybody began to see that not only was the Lord with him, but he was a prophet. And it said the Lord revealed Himself to Samuel by His Word. God spoke to Samuel and revealed Himself to Samuel. And a relationship began. Or He begins to have this relationship. Now we may say, well, I'm a Christian, and so I've begun in the Lord and everything, and so I know God, right? Well... We may have a relationship with God, but what is it like? Martha had a relationship with the Lord. But she was really too busy to have a real but to really to culture that relationship. And she was anxious and troubled about many things as a result. I remember seeing a track one time that said, If Jesus came to your door. And, you know, if someone comes to our door, but we don't open the door and let them in, how are we going to to know them? We get to know somebody by spending time with them. I say, the people that I know most in my life, my wife, I spend time with her just about every day, you know, probably the person I know most in this life. You know, and my children, my friend Dave and I have had a relationship for 30-some years. 33 years, something like that. And you know, the more time you spend with somebody, the more time you have together, and you open that door to a relationship, the more you're going to get to know them. If you don't spend time with somebody, you may know things about that person, But you don't really know them. And maybe we started out having that relationship with the Lord where we're really... And then it kind of... Life got too busy. And... Things kind of faded. Now is the time to restore that. And to take the time to get in that position. Open that door. And let the Lord in. And Him... and having fellowship with Him. That's what a relationship is all about, fellowship. And if we have fellowship with God, and we have that vertical relationship with Him, and the door is open between us and Him, you know what it does? It opens a door between us and each other. First John says, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus... The Son of God cleanses us from all sin. Relationship, fellowship with the Lord. And so you see that Samuel got to the place where he did know the Lord. When he started out, even as a minister of God. People think, well, somebody's a pastor, they know God. Well, not necessarily. You say, oh, they're a Bible teacher, they know God. Maybe not. Here's a couple of priests in the Old Testament that didn't know God. And God brought judgment against them because of some of the things they were doing. And they didn't know the Lord. It says later in this book that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. We may appear spiritual, may appear many things, appear that we know God, but God knows our hearts. Another thing that's revealed in this book is that it says that God is not a man. And understanding and knowing God That's very important for us to embrace. That God isn't a man. He doesn't think like a man. He doesn't speak as a man. He doesn't act as a man. So that's why we as mortals sometimes, from a natural perspective, we think some of the things that God is and God does seem a little strange, severe, unfair. And you see different people in the Scriptures accusing God of things. The children of Israel accused God of His ways being unfair. They didn't know God. Because God cannot be understood to the natural mind. As we read a few weeks ago, in Corinthians, Paul says, if that has not entered, the ear has not heard, eye has not seen, nor has it entered into the heart of the man. The things that God has for those who no, to love Him. But He has revealed these things to us through His Holy Spirit, He goes on to say. The Holy Spirit reveals things to us and connects us so we have a relationship with God. So there we go to Matthew chapter 7. So we go into the New Testament. Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who he asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. For what man is there among you? If his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Jesus begins to reveal to us the things about the Father God. And on this Father's Day, we again, we think about our Father in heaven. And He, he starts from the benchmark of saying down way down here low is the standard of man. your own children, if they asked you for food, for bread, you're going to give them a rock? What kind of father would do that? Or if he asked for, uh, what do you say here? A fish, will he give him a snake, a rattlesnake? Wouldn't that be nice? And so he's saying, you know, we as sinners that are evil, he says, we, the, you know, we are sinners and yet we know how to do what's right for our children. We know how to love our children. And he compares it to the Father in Heaven. So much higher of a Father than us. I remember Reed Marino one time teaching on this and saying, we have to start out with this thing is that God's at least as nice a guy as we are, and then go from there to how much greater He is than that, of a Father. He is a, We have to start with believing that He is as good a Father as us, and then go from there, that He is much higher of a Father than us, and much better of a Father. And so when we ask for good things from Him, and He's looking out for our good, and that's who the Father really is. And many people don't see God that way. From the very beginning, Satan has been poisoning the minds of people about who God is. In the Garden of Eden, when the serpent is in the process of deceiving Eve, he tells Eve, you're not going to die when you eat that fruit. God just knows that if you eat that fruit, you're going to be like Him. He doesn't want you to be like him. You can kind of read between the lines what the enemy was implying. Saying, God doesn't want you to be everything he is. He's trying to hold back from you, he's trying to cheat you. As far as we know, as far as is revealed, I should say, that's the only command that God gave Adam and Eve. Eat from any fruit, no other, there's no other laws that are mentioned. One thing. And so, Satan perverts Eve's mind. Says, God's just trying to cheat you out of being like Him. And it was a lie. God told him not to do that because He knew that that meant separation from Him and it meant a lot of negative things. Spiritual death. A lot of bad things for Adam and Eve and the whole human race after Him. And they listened to Him. And that's what the enemy and this world and everything else is st- trying to do to each of us. Is trying to pervert our understanding of God and who He is and what He's about. And late and down to verse twenty-one. Not everyone who says to me, "Lord, Lord," shall so enter the kingdom of God but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name, and then many wonders in your name? And I will declare from them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you practice lawlessness. We hear in this state, in this... in this, inter- this exchange here on Judgment Day, people <clears throat> who Jesus was talking with, <clears throat> and he says, Many will come to him and say, We did many things in your name, in the name of Jesus. They did things in his name, but they did not know him, and he did not know them. They were not one of his. But they were. They believed that they were His. They were under the grand deception. They knew things about God, and they were doing things for quote for God. But in the end, they weren't walking right because they did not know Him, and the Lord did not know them. Jesus said, "My sheep know Me, and they and they know My voice." We don't know know about him. He says they know me, my sheep know me and they know my voice and they follow me. It doesn't say they follow my rules. don't say they know my rules, said so they know me, and they follow me. And of course in following him, we follow everything he tells them. So another voice they will not listen to. The signs of the sheep. That they follow Christ. And they won't be in darkness. Jesus says, I've come into the world that those who believe in me would not be in darkness. <clears throat> in Luke chapter 10... Verse twenty one, Luke ten, twenty one. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in his spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son And the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. It is the word reveal that stands out in these verses, or the word revelation, which comes from the root word reveal, that God reveals Himself to us. In another place, Jesus says, No one can come to me unless the Father draws him. It is connecting with God and having God reveal Himself just like He revealed Himself to Abraham. He revealed Himself to Moses. He revealed Himself to the prophets. And now it says in these last days He has revealed Himself through His Son, through Jesus. And Jesus says, Come to me. The invitation several times in the book of John, come to me. And we will have that relationship with Him. That living water. We will have that rest. We will have fellowship with God through the Holy Spirit. In Philippians chapter 3, we turn to Philippians chapter 3, and as we go there, just want to take a minute to just go over what Jesus said. Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born of the Spirit. Because it's through the Spirit that the Kingdom of God is revealed to us. And He gives it to those who believe on Him and come to Him. And He will give us His Spirit. If we are struggling with that, if we've not experienced that for young and trying to find out about that, the message is clear. We know God through His Son Jesus. And believing in Him, coming to Him. And He will give us what we need to know Him and to have fellowship, have a relationship with Him. It's not just religious exercise. Mm -hmm. Philippians chapter 3. In verse 3, he says, We are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. That's who the New Testament circumcision is. The the body of Christ. We worship God from the heart and the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. To be accepted by God. And then, and then Paul goes on to talk about how he is a man who could choose to have confidence in the flesh, but he does not. He says in verse 8, in verse 7, "What would things were gained to me, these I have counted as loss, were done for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things as dung for the excellence of the knowledge." of Jesus Christ my lord for whom i have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish or dung that i may gain christ and be found in him having my own righteousness not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in christ the righteousness which is from god by faith that i may know him and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. This experience in Christ, being born of the Spirit, and not having any confidence in our flesh, not being self-sufficient, in spiritual things and practical things, but in all things, learning to trust God. So we might know Him. The righteousness which is from God by faith be found in Him through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is by God by faith that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. So if we get... A place where we begin this relationship with the Lord, but then we got caught up in the affairs of this life, it causes us to struggle in our relationship with God, in our fellowship with God. And so, as Jose said a few th- weeks ago, we need to focus on our relationship, on, on developing a relationship with God through Jesus. Through his righteousness, through the Holy Spirit that he's put in us. The Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Spirit he's given us. And this is where love can grow cold. Ephesians, the Ephesian church, Paul commended it in the book of Ephesians. But in the book of Revelation, later on, the Apostle John sends him a letter from Jesus. And when Jesus confronts him and says, You're doing a lot of good things. You're not bearing with false teaching. You're not bearing with false apostles, not accepting them. You've done a lot of things good. But there's one thing I have against you you've left your first love. You've left that love for me, he said, in so many words. We know that to love God is the greatest commandment, Jesus said. And that's where they had drifted away from their love of God and their relationship with Jesus. And that's where we have to come back to where it all began, where we started with the Lord. We started by hearing about Him, believing in Him, and coming to know Him. We sing the song, Jesus, let us come to know You. It is in knowing the Lord that we find that peace and that rest. Because if we pray, we're not having fellowship with the Lord, and we pray, there seems to be some sort of disconnect. There doesn't seem to be any peace in our heart. And all roads lead to one place, knowing Him. And His resurrection. And the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death. The Holy Spirit leads us down the road That sometimes doesn't really appeal to us. Self-denial, picking up our cross, following Him in life—not just in theory and theology, but in life—we try to resist that sometimes. But as we come to know Him, we feel secure in the way He's leading us. This way is right and good. It's okay. We can follow this way. As we know Him, we learn to trust Him. How is it that we can trust somebody that we don't really know that well? And that's really what is. We've talked about faith, and the just shall live by faith. Well, how can we put our faith in someone we really don't know that well? Abraham knew the Lord, and he became the father of faith. He talked with him. And God spoke with him. There was communication. There was a relationship. There was something going on more than just reading the Bible and praying. When we read God's Word, God should be, we should be hearing God speak to us. Not in our ears, but He reveals Himself through His Word. As we come to the Lord and worship and spending time with Him, as we're speaking to Him, We see that Mary took the time as we talked about last week for the Lord to speak. And she sat at His feet. She wasn't speaking. She was listening. A relationship. We have as a benchmark earthly relationships. If I tell somebody hey don't worry I'm going to take care of you. If something happens to you I'll take you in. If they don't know me real well. You can say, "Well, he said that, but you know, maybe he will. Maybe he's just saying that, just to be a nice guy. But he really doesn't. Maybe he doesn't really mean it." But if someone really knows me, knows that what I say I mean and I stand by my word, then it's a little easier for them to trust me, isn't it? <clears throat> now, this is a benchmark again. We're talking about among men the Lord Himself as we get to know Him we get to know who He is not just facts about Him we get to know Him person to person and communicate with each other say yes and our hearts come to a place of rest because we know that what He says He means And we know, we get to know His integrity. We don't just read the words that God is merciful. We begin to believe His mercy and embrace His mercy. And we, we know He's patient towards us. We know it. Not just that we hear it. God begins to reveal Himself to us. Revelation. Samuel, as a boy, knew things about God. But it says, he did not yet know the Lord. Say well, yeah, I've know i know the Lord things about, but how's it been lately? Have we kind of gotten cold in our relationship with Him? And that's what we really want to look at as a Christian. Yes, I know the Lord, but lately uh, things have been a little distant, you know, a little cold. My zeal is, eh, my love is kind of, mm, you know. I'm feeling a little lukewarm. Jesus said, come to Me. The open invitation. This is where you get what you need. Come to Me and I will reveal Myself to you. I reveal the Father to you. You will experience fellowship with Me. Come to Me and have a relationship with Me and I with you. And that is life in the Lord. And everything else should stem from that. Faith, hope, and love stem from that relationship, where we know the Lord. So uh, that's what I have today. Uh, I open it for the men to share on this. Jose, if you, since you started this a couple of weeks ago, if you want to comment on anything, you want to share on that.